Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Episode of Adventures in Hell World. I am Mike Rains, aka Poker and Politics, and I am joined as always by Sarge. Hello from the internet. And the mysterious L. Hello, beautiful babies. Uh, I don't know if L saw it. I tried to link you to it, but uh, Christine, the uh, guitarist from Blondie, made an unsettling connection between you and Ron Watkins. Um, oh, I, 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 did, I did see that. I think it's a, uh, you know. Shit happens. Like sometimes, sometimes you take a code name that's been used by an anime character, even uh-huh. though that's not why you chose it, and then that anime character gets confused uh, for the Wagyu Q King. But <laughs> yes. before we digress too far down our rabbit hole, let's uh, let's let the people know what they're in for. Content warning: The Adventures in Hellworld podcast talks in depth about QAnon, which means we have to talk about all kinds of child abuse and violence against people. Listener discretion advised. So when you I, fools need to yeah. put on your fucking headphones. I, I'm pretty sure I heard a bunch of echo coming through there. Yeah, hold on. Look, look at this. So, look at this uh, unprofessionalism. We're like, you, you, th- that's right, audience. You're listening to this in media res or whatever. Like this is happening in real time. L having to scold the other two to put their headphones on. L is a harsh but fair taskmaster at Hellworld Incorporated. Yeah, that's but, uh, a, the, the, this is me cracking that whip. Anyway, now, now that uh, now, now that we uh, now that we have the the people uh, well informed as to the level of uh, nonsense that they are jacked into, uh, we were I, we were talking about my, my association to the Wagyu King by way of the guitarist of Blondie, which is like where my fucking life is right now. It's glorious. 
2021. It's going to be a good year. Yes. Yes. Uh, we are all uh, allegedly somewhere in the general vicinity of receiving a vaccine from the murder plague that has been uh, impacting us for the past year and change. Uh, things uh, are I got one today. Oh, you lucky dog. Uh, yes. Is it a two-shotter or a one-shotter? It's two-shotter. I don't think the one-shot's approved in America yet. Must be no, a deep military connections. It's, uh, yeah. it's approved. Uh, Johnson & Johnson's got 20 million uh, vaxes out in March. So that's, uh, I, got, I got the Pfizer. So Yeah. My, uh, my mom's getting her second shot uh, Thursday. So she will be uh, fully armed and operational. <laughs> in two days time as it were all the gates uh sub uh, software installed in her she- yeah i get i get to register to become physically enhanced tomorrow they're gonna give me my super soldier serum and when i come out of the chamber i'm gonna have those like 12 pack abs that uh chris evans does gonna- oh, I, I was gonna ask if you were gonna look like uh u.s agent in the new show just like slightly cheaper no, I'm gonna I'm gonna look like a strong masculine Chinese soldier. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to ask you if you were gonna look like a Chinese soldier, and L just cut in the lane and took the there, ball away from like, me. There's no joke there that isn't some sort of Tucker Carlson like racist gong noise that I can make. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's just the nature of things. Uh, so we had a lot of headlines to get to, so we might as well just start getting to them right away. So let's get to the cues in the news segment. From the digital headlines to the digital front lines, it's cues in the news. Breaking news from the digital front lines, straight from our mouths to God's ears. All right, Sarge, hit him with that hot breaking news. Oh, geez. So I'm going to say this guy's name is Matt Getz. And the, <laughs> you haven't written here Matt Getz in the Chamber of Pedophilia. So I don't know exactly who this guy is, but he is definitely touching some people that are underage. And he is a buddy of Trump. Do I have that yeah, right? I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, I, he, uh, I just want to let the people know that when I say this is breaking news, that's not a bit. There's literally like during our production meeting before we started recording, two minutes before we hit go, this broke officially. So, <laughs> uh, yes, it, it is on my screen right now. Two minutes ago, however long ago that was, our Orlando Sentinel sex trafficking probe of Representative uh, Matt Gates emerges. And uh, what is weird is earlier today uh, there was uh, news that uh, he that a Representative Gates was uh, eyeing uh, retirement from Congress to take a job at Newsmax. So uh, one might think that uh, he uh, heard something in the wind coming for him. Yeah, I mean, that, that was only a, what, what do they call it? That, that, that was a, a seven-hour delta before, yes, before those two drops. Yeah, he heard police sirens. He heard yes, yeah. inquiries by law enforcement to people he knows. Like, hey, does Matt keep uh hanging around out around the high school like yeah it's it's really wild because uh matt is the guy who uh randomly uh brought up the fact that he was like kind of like a foster dad to a kid named nestor and then and he also had a dui previously and then now um this article just broke where he 
was uh, traveling with a 17-year-old girl and uh, he paid for her to travel with him. And this, this, these isn't all these like weird laws about if you cross state lines to have sex with someone who's underage and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, th- this is probably a good point for us to say that this is breaking news. None of us are lawyers, and certainly none of us know like the consent, like age laws, state to state or whatever. So there, there's a good chance that uh, Matt Gates or Gates, however it's pronounced, uh, did not break any laws. And yeah. this breaking news is just a funny, funny goofs and gaffes about him being in the chamber of pedophilia. Uh, it, he is certainly not a convicted be, pedophile. So yeah. <laughs> this all might be legal, but that doesn't mean it's not morally reprehensible. So, so, so much like Sidney Powell, uh, no reasonable person would possibly believe anything that we have to say. I mean, just listen to our sex robot jag from like the last episode. <laughs> right, and, exactly. uh, so, we so, all we all ate chili this morning. We don't. We are. We are not going to remember any of this. It, like I'm forgetting this as I'm saying it. Yeah, right. just like just like Roseanne, we took some Ambien and uh, did a bad thing, but the Ambien absolves us of all of our guilt. <laughs> we're all going on Joe Rogan tomorrow to explain why we're such awful shitbags, and then I don't know that that's of, the, of all the people to be our confessor for that, Joe Rogan. Can you imagine? I mean, that's, that, yeah, that would be amazing. That would be so great for us. For, forgive fun. me, Joe Rogan, for I am a dirtbag. It's just like, well, like that, that, that would be like confessing to like like the actual devil in church. It'd be like, who cares? I, I too am a dirtbag. I, I mean, would. he has Alex Jones and Roseanne on and any anyone who's a shitbag and ty- it's time to do their apology tour for taking pictures as Hitler uh, with burnt Jew cookies. He just uh, uh, He just believes in redemption. Anyway, we, we we could we could run up the scoreboard on Joe Rogan forever, but right now let's continue to run up the scoreboard on uh, Mr. Gates. I'm just going to say Gates. But- yeah, we're going to go with Gates, whatever his name is. But Not this guy, he is uh, a huge Trump sycophant. Uh, QAnon has, in general, been a fan of this guy because, again, if you're a fan of Trump, QAnon loves you, and that's just the way this works. And um, he ha- he was a guy who, during the uh, initial uh, COVID outbreak and all kinds of stuff, was on the floor of the house wearing like a World War One styled gas mask to ridicule and mock how dumb all this stuff was. Oh, that guy. Okay, I know. You're I think about. I think he ended up catching it, or at least had to like uh, quarantine because he was con- he was in contact with someone who had it. Isn't that basically but, all of Congress? Just pretty like- much, but I mean, it's way more on the Republican side because they just didn't take this shit seriously, so they ended up fucking around and finding out, as it were. Sounds like he may have also caught whatever Jeremy Epstein had. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, but see, yeah. I, the, 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 I, like, just you know, I, I'm sort of the audience stand in as person who doesn't really know shit about Q. Uh, I'm confused if he loves Trump and Trump loves Q, but Q hates child trafficking. How is it possible that this guy is traveling across state lines paying underage women for sex? Uh, because Trump was keeping his friends close and his enemies closer. That's, that's always their default line on Epstein and how Trump was bros with Epstein the whole time. Oh, wait, record scratch. He allegedly paid this girl, this young lady. 
Well, he paid for the travel, like basically, like when the, when they were like. Yeah, going he picked up. Out. Sorry, he picked up picked up the tab for the 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 sex travel, not necessarily like exchanging money for services. <laughs> it, well, yeah, it wasn't travel. it wasn't prostitution. It was just like, oh, we're we're both getting hotel rooms. I'll pay for your hotel room and stuff like that. So uh, like, don't what, don't don't worry, baby. I know that you can't possibly afford this trip on a high schooler salary. Come <laughs> on, come on, and I'll pick up the bill because I'm such a nice guy. And also, I know please, you're legally not allowed to have a credit card. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, but re- remember this sexual encounter when you vote, please, in like a year or two. <laughs> yeah, when you're legally allowed to do so. Uh, this, like, and this is one of those things where even if uh, somehow this is all legal and above board, it is still like morally reprehensible. The like the age discrepancy and the fact that she is uh, by all by legal standards a minor. So this is like. Gates had to know that uh, going into this thing, this is why he was looking at that Newsmax job because he was going to have to face the voters in 2022 because he's a representative and representatives are constantly running for re-election. They only get two-year terms. And if there was ever a way to have a QAnon nut run against you in a primary, it is uh, – any charge of pedophilia with any level of credibility being put against you uh, means that literally out of the earth itself, a QAnon candidate will form into human flesh from mud and then trapes about the Florida swamp screaming that you must be removed from Congress because you are a pederast. Do you think FSU is going to have him back to talk uh, now that he's an alleged underage sex offender? Like, oh, man. I, I, bet, I bet they're not going to let him speak at any high schools, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh, this has nothing to do with nothing, but it, on his wiki page, it has his high school listed as Niceville High School. I wonder if he just went back for, like, a class reunion. N- Niceville, Niceville High School, class of 69. <laughs> Oh God, we're we're gonna have to record a sting at some point, and it will be beaten. It's into loaded the in. We'll it's up it. there under. Drama. I know, but I don't want to use the generic. That's just uh, tacky. I, I mean, that's well below our quality. Oh, <laughs> our our levels of production require uh, far better stingers than that. But um, yeah, this is just so hilarious that this guy who. I mean, there are plenty of people that get into the House of Representatives and you could never pick them out of a police lineup. They're just generic Republican, generic Democrat, just person in Congress. And then there are those folks who get in, get some camera time like AOC and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Louis Gomer. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and so like you get like people that like actually make it on television, and 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 Gates is one of them. He's a guy that is on Fox News all the time, uh, screaming about tyranny and how Joe Biden's a bad person, and how back when Trump was in office, how Donald Trump was a great person, and yinina yinina. So it's re. I just I really wonder how these people are able to have that much hubris about them that they're just like, oh, no one's going to notice me traveling around with a 17-year-old girl and occasionally having sex with her. This I will this will never blow up in my face. No one will ever like uncover that. None of my staff have ever been like, hey Matt, what's that teenage girl doing with us? Yeah, shut up. Leave, leave it alone. No one's ever going <laughs> to no one's ever going to drop a dime on me. No one will ever figure that out. She's on break. She's on break. Don't worry about it. Like, and 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 that's like one of the things that's always made me laugh about uh, people 
I get into these arguments with QAnon supporters and all this stuff, and they're just like, how, how do you know that like Hillary Clinton doesn't eat babies or bargles wargle and all this stuff? And I'm just, and they just say to them, well, Obama would have brought it up in the 08 uh, primary if she had eaten babies and it would have bounced around the election and he would have won. Like running for public office is a great disinfectant for corruption. Can those people still be corrupt? Absolutely. But when you have people that can take your uh, seat of power away from you by exposing your corruption, it makes it, it it's way more incentivized to expose that corruption. Like if someone found out that Saddam Hussein was corrupt, guess what happened? Saddam killed them. And that was the end of them. They were gone. But if you can expose your governor as being a corrupt piece of shit and get it to the right people in law enforcement or the local newspapers or whatever, you can take them down and they will no longer hold that seat of power. So that's what uh, we did in Missouri. That's what we yeah. did here. And then we got an even worse Republican to fill in for the guy that we got rid of after he uh, took naked pictures of women without their consent. Isn't that guy going to try to run for that Senate seat now? Uh, yeah, I think he is. That's wonderful. And I mean, politics also- is amazing. I mean, American politics is just so good. Look at look at all these look at all these idiots that managed to like ascend to power in our country. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, fail, fail upwards. It's the Peter principle. Oh God, is it ever? I mean, I well, that, that's where you you settle at your level of incompetency, right? Water um, finds its level in politics and corruption. <laughs> Speaking of water finding its level, Mike, tell me a story about a boat. Uh, so the uh, evergreen or ever given or whatever you want to call that boat in the Suez Canal was finally liberated. And you would think with this story ha- being on its well, the, last- the one that was in the canal was the ever given, right? And the evergreen is another boat in that fleet. But Q idiots confused them because Q idiots are idiots. I thought evergreen was the company. Evergreen's the company. And evergreen Ever-Given is the company. The- oh, OK. I had that wrong. Sorry, QAnon. You're, you're just you're just as intelligent as you ever were. Right. God. Evergreen was the overall company. Damn Ever it. Given was the direct name of the boat. Because uh, I know like all, all of their all of their fleet is ever something. Right, exactly. So uh the this boat was stuck for a long time, and without Daddy Q or Daddy Trump to really give QAnon direction and guidance on what to say or do about this stupid boat. Uh, they had to kind of, you know, spitball and workshop some ideas. And they really didn't have any good ideas until about the day before the boat got liberated. And QAnon went back to the well they love the most, and that is trafficked children. They came up with the idea. You could have a lot of children on that boat. Yes. It's real. You you even had Matt Gates on that boat. You, you could. You could have Matt Gates on that boat picking, picking out his next girlfriend. I mean, it'd be incredible. So um, you had this boat that had been uh, trapped in the Suez Canal. And then there was talk about how like the U.S. Navy, the Russian Navy, uh, all of these different uh, military operations were being uh, – military units were being moved into the position to get the boat out. And there became this uh, percolating belief in QAnon that – uh, when the military arrived, they were going to not so much uh, move the boat and get it out of the way, but storm the boat, 
crack open the containers and find tens of thousands of trafficked children on the boat and reveal to the world the massive uh, cabal-led uh, human trafficking ring that uh, is all around us everywhere on the planet. And so, I'm assu- so I'm assuming the next headline we're going to cover is this Temple of Doom-esque wave of uh, underage children fleeing off of this boat. <laughs> Uh, actually, no. The boat was liberated. The boat was refloated, as they said, and then just went on its merry way with uh, no tens of thousands of trafficked children recovered. Uh, this uh, brilliant uh, Soros idea. got to them. Yeah, 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 Soros made them stand down. Hillary came and filled with adrenochrome, just holding yeah, out yeah. and pushed the boat. Hideo yeah, Kojima style, like hanging out, like out of the side of a helicopter with some sort of like cool face mask. <laughs> And then other people on the ground looking up and just saying, like, in Arabic or whatever, just being like, oh, my God, it's Hillary Clinton. (laughs) She'd be blood dead lady. I I, I was just I was thinking of of Hillary. Uh, The the Marines are on the on the boat. They're like cracking open the crates they are getting the kids out. And then Hillary just like uh, goes through through the warp tube like Hella in Thor Ragnarok and starts throwing daggers at all of them, just murdering everybody. And it's just like yeah, she it, just takes them and cracks them down the middle and drinks their blood, I like so, anime man. style. Just <laughs> rips them in half, wrings them out like a wet rag, drinks their blood onto the next one, and then shoves the boat down the canal. Guys, we should we should write a spec script for uh, Hillary Clinton and the Adrenochrome Warriors. <laughs> uh, I, I'm down. I'm down. Any creative writing project is good with me. I bet. I bet if we put it under like a, a bunch of pen names and sent it to Ben Shapiro, he could get Gina Carano as the lead. Uh, oh like, shit! As, as the lead army, hulked out be, Hillary Clinton. Yeah, she would be the lead army ranger fighting the Adrenochrome fueled Hillary Clinton. Uh, I mean, I, either way, I, I just want her on board in this project. Get some name recognition, and uh, who are we? Who can we get? Is B. Arthur still alive? Can we get her uh, as so. Hillary Clinton? Roll, rolling around in the old brain box while we keep talking about this stuck boat. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest thing about this is... Ah, she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just have Roseanne Barr slim down. We'll just have Roseanne Barr get on the treadmill. Or she can just be as large as she is. Like, QAnon already think that Hillary Clinton is just massively overweight and hideous anyways. So we'll just have Roseanne Barr in very limited prosthetics as evil Hillary. And she, uh, Idris Elba as Michelle Obama. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> because, because Q oh. are monsters. N- not because I think <laughs> anything about that. He's got the range. I mean, Idris Elba is amazing, but I mean, like, it, it is cute that thinks Michelle Obama looks like a man. I think that Michelle Obama looks like she is all woman. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, uh, that, that, all I can think of right now was just uh, Idris Elba's reacting to Starro in the trailer of uh, the new Suicide Squad movie. And uh, I, I feel you. I feel you, Idris. So, yes. Um Speaking but, of sea life, is there anything else going on with this boat? I mean, I'm not surprised that Q and I jumped all over this. It, it, it's like literally headline, like worldwide headline making news about a body of water. Like I'm, assu- I'm assuming they were all just like groping their nautical erections. <laughs> so there's uh, some Q J Jonah Jameson somewhere just being like, "Give me an angle on this boat." Oh, they they were working every angle they could. But the funniest thing is. Um, my hero in the QAnon community, because he's such a worthless, dumb idiot, uh, Jordan Sather, was uh, he does podcasts with the people who are literally preaching the children on the boat narrative. 
And after the boat got freed, Satan was like, oh, look at all these idiots that were telling us there were going to be kids on the boat. They were going to save them. And it's like, fuck you. You're on a podcast with IET who literally did the – he was the guy who started the whole kids on the boat shit. Like your podcast co-host is the problem here. This would be like L subtweeting me repeatedly. And then next week on the podcast, we're just bros. We completely ignore the fact that L was just dunking on me aggressively for my pathological lying during the previous week. I mean that sort of is my friendship with the both of you. Like I, I, like I, I dunk on you guys – and then you don't hold it against me. We continue on like nothing ever happened. <laughs> and, and it's fair that way because uh, in a lot of ways, I deserve it. But uh, on the whole, they had nothing for this thing. And because they're so deorganized, so disorganized, so silly and useless now, they finally came up with their narrative like a day before the story ended. Like, if they had come up with this thing, they would have had four days of solid drama. It and they, they dredged a- up some sort of evergreen reference in one of the ancient Q drops, right? Like, they they, cons- they consulted their, their texts of wisdom. Uh, well, well, that's uh, evergreen was Hillary Clinton's code name when she was uh, first lady. Basically, uh, the way the Secret Service works with these dumb, quote-unquote, public code names is... Uh, they give the president a name, and then the, the rest of the family get a name that has the same first letter as uh, the president's name. So uh, Clinton was Eagle, so Hillary was Evergreen. Uh, JFK was Lancer, so H- Jackie was Lace. And uh, Trump was Mogul, so uh, Melania was Muse. And it's just this very dumb, just... Lancer and Lace sounds like an awesome like comic duo. Lancer and Lace. <laughs> Didn't um uh oh the actress they had an affair with um Marilyn Monroe? Didn't she have a code name? I don't think so. I don't think that. that, that... I mean, her real name had two M's in it. Get with it. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> but uh, basically, QAnon's whole—I uh, mean, their their whole worldview is that nothing existed in this world before QAnon revealed the truth of that thing to these people. So they have no concept of anything except for what Q tells them about. So when they hear the word evergreen, they freak out. And it's like, you do understand that uh, evergreen is a term that means uh, always, it, it always, it, like always relevant. When you see someone saying evergreen tweet, that just means that's a statement you could say anytime. It doesn't mean I'm referencing Hillary Clinton. Uh, all yeah, I made, the, I made this joke before, but I'm sure there's some sort of literary term for a word that describes itself, and evergreen is one of those. Evergreen is literally an evergreen term, and it means, you know, timeless. Always, yeah, always <laughs> right. around. Right, I mean... So it's, it, a, so it's, it's a pretty common term. Yeah. Uh, today, um, Joe Biden's dog apparently bit somebody again, and... Uh, a QAnon person was just like, oh, there's more dog com today. What's going on? And it's just you you people don't know what it's like to have a person who owns dogs talking about their dogs all the time and their dogs doing stuff. I mean, I, I, it, it's just like they're blown away by the idea that the animal known as man's best friend could possibly make its way into the news when the president owns two dogs. And didn't, didn't Obama's dog have its own? No, George W. Bush's dog had its own like section of the website and like wore a webcam. What, what does that mean, Q? 
Bar- yeah, Barney yeah. just got to stare your head his own like live stream. Barney, Bro, Q Bar- wasn't around for Bush. Q don't care. Oh, and Bush was Bush was deep state. Bush was cabal. He was a monster. So I mean, uh, Barney- yeah, he orchestrated nine eleven. That's that's the real the real conspiracy is it's it's like you know some people say that like the Jews did nine eleven or whatever. If you want to be anti semitic about it, but no, the secret is George W. Bush did nine eleven. It was him all along. Oh yeah, I mean th- that was that was the Alex Jones uh, baby's guide to uh, <laughs> baby's guide to conspiracy theories. I just uh, was I was trying to pull up the tweets for our mailbag for when we get to that, and the first thing I saw on my Twitter feed was uh, Gates wearing the World War One uh, face mask with a woman uh, standing next to him, and Gates says it says eighteen on this piece of paper here, right? So. Uh, uh, old Matt's getting uh, dragged through the mud pretty hard here on yield. Oh yeah, when I Google him real quick for the for our news segment, there there were no less than three articles uh, on different news sites. Me like DOJ investigate. Yeah, he's he's yeah, getting yeah, the he, old yeah, roasting. He, 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 yeah, he's gonna he's gonna enjoy uh, vacating that seat and resigning in shame uh, to take his job at Newsmax and being a, a right wing uh, talking head scumbag uh, until he. Uh, hits the cooling off period and becomes the governor of Florida in like six years because that's the way our country works. You have to be shamed for a very brief period of time before you, as we said previously, fail upwards and uh, accrue more power and uh, success, even though you are a sexual predator and a monster. Well, as we discussed, there's always room for scumbags in office. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Plenty of plenty of offices to fill. Just go to any old state that has a few extra representative seats, uh, have purported relations with someone twenty years younger than you, uh, when she's not in math class, and uh, there you go. You too can yes. hold office. Oh, it, it, uh, the, the dream we all aspire to, uh, to be uh, horrible sex pests and to wield power in the halls of Congress in the United States of America. I mean, for, for some people, holding holding precious public office is the ultimate dream. Yes. So, And, I, and because I, Sarge refuses to take the softball layup, uh, hey, speaking of running for office, isn't Lynn Wood doing that? I was uh, looking up something else. Ladies, <laughs> that's not <laughs> Mombazo. That's that's not your job, Sarge. We gave you one job. Yeah, I was uh, just like, oh, my first perfect segue didn't go over so well. Let me double back on it in a different way. Give him a second bite at that apple. Wrong. <laughs> nope. So uh, our our dear friend Lynn Wood, who is uh, by all metrics on social media the actual king of QAnon at this point. Uh, Lynn Wood has decided that it's time for him to uh, leave the sidelines of the political battlefield and to enter the fray and to attempt to become uh, the uh, South Carolina Republican Party chairman. I don't know exactly when the election for uh, this uh, very prestigious seat would be. But uh, in a very interesting little twist, after being endorsed by Michael Flynn and other grifting scumbags, uh, Donald Trump came out and uh, re-endorsed Drew McKissick, who I believe is the incumbent chair of uh, the South Carolina Republican Party. So this is a very interesting situation where you have Lynn Wood, literal QAnon embodied, 
uh, meeting resistance from the God Emperor Q plus himself. So let them fight. How much does that end up actually mattering to the Q idiots? Um, they, they always manage to find a way to, uh, thread that needle of, uh, cognitive dissonance. When Jeff Sessions was running in Alabama in the primary against Tommy Tupperville and Trump was just all day, every day being like, fuck Jeff Sessions. He's a dumb piece of shit. I endorse Tommy Tupperville and you need to vote for Tommy Tupperville. Cause if Jeff Sessions wins this thing, I will like, just like rip my head off and throw it across the street. Cause I really fucking hate Jeff Sessions. Everyone in QAnon was just like, Oh, that kidder Trump. Oh, that rascally scamp. He doesn't mean a word of it. Him and Sessions just got to pretend to be enemies. And I mean, and it, like Trump would have gone to these people's houses and screamed at them how much he hated Sessions because he really hated Sessions for uh, recusing himself during the Mueller investigation. He thought that was a is sign that their go to? Just like Trump is just jo- joshing. Yeah. Oh, whenever whenever Trump uh, defies their narratives, uh, Trump was just joshing becomes the initial play. Uh, the one thing that they can't uh, discern what Trump's uh, hidden angle on is why is Trump telling us to get the vaccine? That's the one thing that they have not been able to uh, suss out yet. What, what possible inscrutable Rubik, what weird code is he speaking when he says we need to go get vaccinated to end the COVID pandemic? Because he couldn't possibly just, mean that because we all know vaccines are murder death he has uh, someone someone in his legal team screaming at him every day to not oh, be I, a vax denier a vaccine oh, denier oh and I, and I also think that it's just the fact that he thinks that uh if he gets credit for uh the vaccinations ending covid that he has a chance of winning in 2024 and he sees that like being the anti-vax candidate is not a good call So his lizard brain political instincts are making him go that way. I actually uh, today saw a QAnon supporter trying to, they made the latest attempt to thread the needle on why Trump is pro-vaccine. And uh, their, uh, their spin was that Trump is asking us to get vaccinated immediately to prove that the vaccines don't work because the deep state always has the vaccines come in like three, four years later after we've already achieved herd immunity. Then they can pretend the vaccines gave us herd immunity when they really didn't. So <laughs> that almost makes sense. All, yeah, of, so like, uh, all of these QAnon supporters are too busy, like picking through the text to figure out secret decodable messages while at the same time uh, completely ignoring like explicit directives from the people that are supposed to be in charge. And if that sounds familiar to you, it's because it's Christianity. What I just described is the Christian playbook. Like the Bible is pretty explicit about a lot of stuff. And, uh, uh, you know, people can just sort of pick and choose what they want to buy out of that. Instead of like, like, you know, when Jesus is just like, Hey man, poor people don't get into heaven. Uh, you got a bunch of these, rich ass so-called christians that that they certainly think that when they die they know where they're going but it's like no man your your dude told you that that shit don't fly if you have more than you need you should be giving away the rest that was his whole deal yeah oh the 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 fact that jesus was a uh socialist 
who wanted us to care for each other. And that was the most important thing to him. That which you do to the least of us, you do to me. As you just said, a rich man is uh, a camel has an easier time of going through the eye of a needle than a rich man to get into the kingdom of heaven. Like all of these things are literally spoken by your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, if you are a Christian. And yet I can walk through a ye old shopping mall uh, near my house and see uh, gold layered uh, necklaces that have the face of Jesus Christ in gold on them. And I'm just like, yeah, I can buy my gold. My I can buy my token to hell shaped in Jesus's face for like $500 at this jewelry store. My shopping mall has a vaccine center and layered faces of Naruto for sale. So. <laughs> yeah. And, and for a lot of people, Naruto is Jesus. So same yeah. thing. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but, but, but the point is that these QAnon people, they managed to like, you know, Donald Trump, supposedly the, the top of the pops, their one guy uh, is literally telling them, Hey, knuckleheads go get vaccinated and instead of just doing that because he's their guy and the one that they all like you know like because they believe in q and q was just like servicing trump so trump is the dude at the top of that totem pole and uh it doesn't it still doesn't matter what he says like these QAnon people will still refuse the vaccination because they're just like bam eh, microchip or whatever uh you know herd immunity etc cetera, etc cetera. like and it's just like no your guy is telling you to do this like if you're not listening to it, then why should anyone? Well, here's a here's some startling information. Everything is a segue to this to this thing that we've been talking about. Everything's a segue to this next part. Uh, a study that was conducted that is coming out in a book uh, soon to be released called "Pastels and Pedophiles: Inside the Mind of QAnon" uh, has found that, uh, and I'm paraphrasing a little here, seven out of ten QAnon followers suffer from some form of mental illness. When they scooped up all the dum-dums from January 6th, 68% of them reported to have some form of mental illness. Uh, and I yeah. mean, this is one of the things that's so scary about QAnon is that it attacks people that are vulnerable and it offers vulnerable people false hope that uh, things are going to change in a drastic way that um, they're going to be able to see very shortly. And when that change doesn't happen, you have a uh, emotionally unstable, mentally unbalanced person who is now um, in a kind of a crossroads where they don't know what's going on. It's what happened to that lady who live streamed her arrest and was crying when the cop uh, pulled her over and she uh, posted on social media that she had to kill Joe Biden to save the children and like all of that kind of stuff that you have people who are not well and then they're radicalized by this bullshit. And then when that happens to them and they, they go off the deep end, they, they do something bad. Then QAnon disowns them and is like, oh, no, they were a deep state plant. Uh, they were an MK ultra sleeper. They were paid off by George Soros to make us look bad. Yeah, and I mean, no, there's no better example than the QAnon shaman. That man oh, yeah. is the definition of mentally ill. And I, I want to make it very clear. None of us here at Adventures in Hell World are making fun of mental illness. This is one of the more like jokes are gone for just a minute here. Yeah, I was about to say that this is a good like uh, I'm going to I'm going to steal that so I could segue it into this thing because I, too, wanted to get serious for a second. Let's assume that this, uh, you know, 
that this study is accurate, right? If we find out that like it is sort of like scientifically provable that statistically seven out of 10 uh, QAnon supporters are mentally ill in some way. Like how do how do we reconcile that as a group of people that are like making, you know, content that is essentially just sort of like dunking on QAnon and everything they're about? Like, you know, it it does so something like this does like because you know you always you, you you always like sort of like make jokes about like ah they're they're crazy they're dum dums they've got smooth brains and all that shit but if it turns out that like it's not just a large group like preying on mentally ill folks uh to sort of like increase their ranks at the bottom level but it's just sort of like mental illness permeates the whole thing like how like how do we sort of feel about that I mean it doesn't make me feel great I'm not gonna lie. But but at the same time, it's just like, I feel like, you know, what we're doing isn't really, you know, we're not heroes or anything, but but people do need to make content like that lets regular folk know that this QAnon shit that they're hearing about on their television is dangerous. And I'm not sure if there's a way to, to properly communicate that without sort of, you know, going after the people perpetuating it. What are your guys' thoughts? I've, I've always thought of what we're doing is uh, a bit of gallows humor. Because a lot of this is not funny, and that's why we have our content warning and so on and so forth. But I had a close personal friend of mine. She, her, her family are just conspiracy theorists and and Q followers. And anytime she brings up stuff they say, I'm like, well, here's the counter. Here's the very reasonable counterpoint. It's probably not going to make any difference. But she says, thank you. And she's like, I, I need to know the right thing to tell them, even if they're not going to listen. And I don't think we're, I think it's important to help vulnerable people. And a lot of QAnon followers are very vulnerable. Uh, And mental illness is never your fault, but it's also your responsibility. So some of it's on them and some of it's on us. We're not, putting on any capes and I don't know if we're saving anybody, but I don't think what we're doing is bad. And I like to think it does help if only a little. I've always said that uh, I like to view myself as a bouncer in front of one door to a giant building. And that giant building is QAnon. And I'm just at my door trying to keep people out of the building. I was like, no, 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 go away. And I know there are other doors that people can go to where they can get in, and that's fine. But I'm just trying to stop some people from getting in. Uh, A miracle has happened. I mean, I've not mentioned it on the podcast recently, but a miracle happened where like four different people over the course of the last year and change have told me that I helped get them out, which is a miracle beyond miracles. And uh, I am eminently grateful for that. But I just know how difficult it is to get somebody out of this movement and how uh, much work that takes. And really, if you are going to leave any kind of movement like this, you have to make the first step. Like nobody else can tell you that being a neo-Nazi is bad or being like, like just being a scumbag of whatever ilk you are, being a men's right activist, being like a racist or whatever it is, whatever, whatever bad uh, crowd you're running with, you have to make the first step to be like, I don't want to be a part of this crowd anymore. I want to leave this community. And when you do that, I really think that it's important that you uh, receive uh, support and help for that. And I've 
uh, always made it clear that if any uh, QAnon supporter ever wanted to message me and be like, hey, man, like, this is the path I've gone down. This is what I'm talking about. I don't know if I should believe in this stuff. I'll be more than happy to sit there and talk to you online for a little while and just uh, just, just go over it. Just listen to you. I'll let you vent. I'll let you call me a dumb piece of shit and an asshole. That's fine. I am. I am those things to QAnon supporters. But on the whole, like I'm never going to name and shame some guy with uh, 20 followers and no engagement on social media. I'm going after the people that are doing this shit to make money off of it. And if they're not making money off of it, they're making themselves internet famous. And it means a lot to them to be internet famous because they won't stop doing it. They keep promoting it. So those are the people that if those people themselves are mentally ill, they, if they're so deluded that they believe in QAnon whole hog and nothing will dissuade them, then I really don't know what you can do in that situation. But I just look at folks who are so obviously uh, scamming and you have these like scammer wars going on right now on, on these different tiny social media platforms that are the only places these people are allowed to be on anymore where you have people clapping back at each other going, hey, don't trust that piece of shit. Only trust me. Oh, no, that guy sucks. I'm the one who's telling you the truth. And it's just like so obvious that these people are fighting for market share. And uh, one of them is posting, literally posting uh, links to physical silver on on eBay, on his Telegram account, telling people, hey, great deal on silver here. And it's just, they're so scummy and they're just and they're obviously uh using their customers to make a buck off of them and yeah, and, and because these people exist i'm gonna i'm just gonna segue this and get us out of the, the ultra serious corner before we, we spend <laughs> too much time back. on it uh but yeah segueing out of that and i think that like it's the existence of those people that's going to have me personally like circle back to what uh sarge said where you know it's it's about protecting the vulnerable and it is sort of a cold calculus, but when we do what we do, it's sort of weighing uh, the protecting the vulnerable, as in the mentally ill people that happen to be collateral damage when we uh, discuss this QAnon stuff uh, versus the uh, unknowable amount of vulnerable people, vulnerable people that are about to get sucked into QAnon. And if there is a chance that our message reaches those ears, then that sort of calculus is, is pretty easy in my book. Like if we can stem the bleeding, uh, you know, or like, you know, Mike Range just said that he had like a few people say that he was partially responsible for getting them out. And it's just like, if, if even a few people do that, then I think that math is pretty easy for me. Like exa- and exa- exactly what Mike said, we're not going to be going after anybody that doesn't have juice. Cause the people who have juice are not the ones uh, doing the praying. It's the people that have the juice that are going after the, the vulnerable folks that we'd like to protect. Um, so, but I do think it's important that we address stuff like this because like, you know, our audience might have this sort of question, right? Where, you know, if we go on our podcast, we talk about like, ha ha ha, like seven out of 10 cute people are mentally ill, hilarious, right? And then we just keep like running up the scoreboard without addressing it. You know, we could come off like monsters and we don't want to, we, we understand that, you know, that this is a sort of a touchy thing. Mental illness is like still probably under, under, understood and like certainly not as, uh, properly managed as it should be. Uh, especially in this country. Um, And, you know, if our platform ever grows to the point where we have significantly more power or whatever, then yeah, we'll, we'll reassess 
uh, the way we go about things. But for now, uh, still funny, all like full steam ahead on funny goofs about QAnon. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, I- no, no, uh, no, uh, no clear no clean way to segue into the next headline so i'm just gonna let sarge take it uh you know bareback Uh, mike there are two new episodes of the hbo q doc with its amazing opening that i'm sure as we said last time the q idiots haven't stolen but uh can you run down those two new episodes for us i haven't watched them yet it is very hard to watch for me so the third episode was interesting in the sense that it was really runtime padding. The one, the one main critique I would give of this um, this documentary series is that it is a bit unfocused even now. Although the end of episode four kind of had more focus to it, and I'll get to that at the end, but. It seems to be like they're still going over the whole free speech thing, and then they're segueing into the investigation into the identity of Q, and the document, the guy doing the document, uh, document, uh, documentary, he is starting to get kind of uh, into little gimmicks and things where he says something, and then they do a flash cut to he's like. Q is like this kind of person, flash cut to Michael Flynn. Q is also this kind of person, flash cut to Jim Watkins. And and they're just kind of doing all these little things. And then when they bring up, uh, he asks a question of Jim or Ron, and then they will do like a quick rewind to previous times when they ask the same question and got a different answer. Those guys are the worst actors. They cannot lie. They are terrible. Every time. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. The sorry, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. The, the the director was on Twitter and he said, uh, "Every time Ron blinks, uh, take a sip." Every time Ron clears his throat, finish your beer. And someone said I'd be dead before the half of the episode was over because Ron is just constantly blinking and cleaning his, clearing his throat at all times. Um, so the third episode is kind of all over the place. Uh, it's more free. It, it, what is free speech? There's this really weird period where it goes. It, they do a long stretch of the guy uh, committing the, the doing the live stream of the murders in Christchurch, they they go for like the first ninety seconds of that video where the guy's just driving in his car, getting ready to commit the murders, 
And then when he finally grabs the gun and he goes to start shooting people, that's when the, the video breaks right before he starts shooting. But they put gunshots into the audio to let you know what's happening. And it was just like, um, did we really have to go there with this? Question mark. I'm really not sure that that needed to be a thing. I get that, like, they're going into the fact that, like, Christchurch then led to the attack in uh, California and then the uh, shooting in El Paso. And that was finally the last straw that had Cloudflare uh, discontinued DDoS protection of, of 8chan and got it deplatformed. It just seems like a it just seems like a real sloppy way to 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 illustrate what was happening there. Like, fucking, you know, like cutting the video and then having like gunshots in the back. I mean, just like somberly post some text or like a news report or something like don't don't fucking get don't fucking get Foley work in there. Like you're you're not you're not trying to dramatize the shooting like. Right. I think I think he's trying to set up to show that after 8chan gets deplatformed, the first thing Ron does when no one's asking is when 8kun is getting stood up and no one can access the site. He goes he no one asks. He goes, oh, this will this is Q's new trip code just out of nowhere. Uh, I don't, God, I don't know that that I, I happened. assume like that's what he's setting up for because then it's just, well, no, what happened, what happened when Aikun came back was Q was posting and then, Q, and then they had this whole thing where they were going to rotate uh, Q's trip code. And it was a, it was a hullabaloo and he ended up confirming his identity with his pen and his watch. And it was a bunch of dumb bullshit. And as me and Frederick Brennan and everyone else has ever said, he could, Q could just get a PGP key or a Bitcoin wallet or a million different ways to verify his identity. He doesn't need to fucking bust out watches and pens and all this other bullshit. But, um, what happens, so they do this, and as, as Elle was saying, all you have to do is put in B-roll footage of news broadcasts of the Christchurch shooting and just talk about how terrible it was. You don't have to show us the live stream of this thing and then uh, put edit in the gunshots to like really let us know what's going on. And they also uh, show all these uh, uncensored comments from 8chan uh celebrating the 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 shooting in christchurch and they're all talking about uh using all these racial slurs talking about killing people and how happy they are that this guy is killing minorities that they hate because 8chan is the absolute worst place on fucking earth i did love all the in the in episode two they he asked all the QAnon grifters they're like so you get the q drop straight from 8chan and they're they're all just like god no that's that place is a cesspit yeah, oh yeah i mean that was uh, uh praying medic on his uh the QAnon for beginners guide thing was just like oh uh beginner people do not go to 8chan directly go to one of the aggregating sites which had to drive the Watkinses insane that like their main source of traffic. Now all the QAnon promoters are like, don't go to the place. Don't actually go there to read this shit. Cause you're going to see how bad HN actually is. But uh, it, so it moved from, so they did all that kind of stuff, which was really weird. Then there was this one scene, which my God, this guy really wanted this shot and he really cared about it. Uh, when Sarge watches this, uh, just try not to fall out of your chair laughing because it's such yeah, a I'll weird shot. Ron Watkins walks up this mountain with a weird hammer thing. And when he goes up the mountain with the hammer, uh, he starts like swinging it. And 
I actually had to go back and just time it out. They devote 18 seconds straight of just Ron Watkins on top of a mountain, waving a hammer around like an idiot. And there are no less than five camera cuts of different drones, like flying around showing Ron Watkins swinging his mighty hammer. And I'm, and I was just like, man, I, I, I almost wonder if at some point during that whole thing, Ron was like, uh, guys, can I, can I stop swinging the hammer? And the director was like, no, no, no. We got two more drone flights. Keep, keep doing it, Ron. We really need the hammer swinging. So the third episode was kind of all over the place, but the fourth episode finally had something really uh, substantive to the whole uh, who is Q thing. And, you can feel the uh, director like really starting to drill Jim and Ron about being Q and how they obviously run Q and all this kind of stuff. And then uh, while he's talking to Ron, Ron has this one moment where like they put the camera down and then Ron just tells the director, oh yeah, by the way, Q is Steve Bannon. Did you know that? And the director's like, uh, no. And Ron's like, oh, no, it's, it's Bannon. I've always known it was Bannon. And then he breaks out all of this information that he has from, like, the DHN administrative side. And he's, like, showing, like, uh, IP addresses. And he's like, oh, yeah, look, this is all, this is all like, like th- th- this IP address is, like, covers, like, five houses. And one of them is Bannon's house. And then there's a post from Q in one spot. And then there's another post from Q that is Michael Avenatti's office and the Q2, the two Q drops are like a half hour apart and they check where Avenatti's office is. And it's 22 minutes away from where Bannon lives. So Bannon could have driven there and taken the photos within that half hour window. So Ron's just laid it on thick that Bannon is Q. And then the guy there's this, the, the, the show ends on this really weird note where the director's like, so I decided to fly to Italy to interview Steve Bannon, but he wasn't there. Waka waka. And it's like, man, I wish I could take flights to Italy for no fucking reason with no assurance of a payoff. And then when I get nothing, it's no big deal. Uh, but after he flies to Italy and doesn't interview Bannon, he's like, I was thinking about it, and Steve Bannon fucking hates Michael Flynn. He thinks Michael Flynn's a dumb piece of shit. And Q, Q won't stop sucking Michael Flynn's dick. He thinks Michael Flynn's the greatest human being who's ever lived, aside from Donald Trump. There are two peas in a pod, Q and Flynn. So then he was just like, you know, the idea that Bannon's Q and was so dumb he would just make it incredibly easy for uh, Code Monkey to out him as Q, that doesn't make any sense. You know what does make sense? is if Code Monkey fed me a bunch of bullshit to get me off the set that Code Monkey is Q. And that was basically how episode four ended, was the director just becoming even more aggressive in his belief that Ron Watkins is actually Q. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, the one problem I'll have with this, I mean, unless episode five or six just literally has some sort of ultimate smoking gun moment where they just nail Ron Watkins as Q. Steve Bannon well, shows up wearing like Italian leather <laughs> chaps and it's just like, I'm Q. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be cool. I mean, isn't that Michael Flynn's move? It, doesn't he just like, he just straight out said he was Q, right? Uh, Michael Flynn, no. Uh, Flynn Who am I thinking of? 
I don't know who you're thinking of. Uh, nobody. Uh, uh, Austin Steinbart was the guy who claimed he was Q, but the Q that you know is Q in the future. He is Q in the past. Uh, but there's no actual like mainstream uh, dr- grifter dirtbag who is actually claiming that they directly are Q. Michael Flynn's the guy doing like the Q oath in front of with his family and all this stuff, and and and, and but whenever anyone ever tries to like like pin him down on Q, on his support of Q and on, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. What is Q? I don't even know if it's a thing. And uh, Flynn's family just uh, filed a lawsuit, I think, against CNN for like $75 million for alleging that they're involved in QAnon, which is the most ridiculous lawsuit in the history of the world. And uh, I'm sure CNN will be thrilled to destroy them in court because uh, the Flynn family has been neck deep in QAnon this whole time and they fucking know it. So fuck them. Yeah, Um, make some money. Yeah, exactly. So... Uh, I don't know of any actual member of Team Grifter who's publicly uh, ever claimed any level of that kind of connection to Q. Uh, they all—it's all winks and nods from Flynn and Lynn Wood and Sidney Powell. I mean, Sidney Powell was like back when the Kraken was still a thing. She was on TV saying it's going to be biblical, which is one of Q's favorite quotes. So they all know what they're doing. I mean, they all know what road they're going down in order to. Uh, communicate to their audience to keep giving us money because we want your money and we think you're suckers who are dumb enough to give us money. And aren't we all just looking for our, uh, for our suckers to give us money? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. At least all these Q people have found each other, you know, silver lining. I thought you were going to seg- segue into our shilling. No, we have to no, do that- listener questions first. speaking of the stupid rooms you want to give us money we have to do our listener questions (laughs) we have to provide a service to these people before we empty their pockets that's the goal here our listeners got questions we got answers it's time for q and a so uh first of all uh 360 secure asks uh, oh i got one did anyone know about ron pulling that frame bin and ip address misdirection stunt because that was awesome and i can't believe uh colin hullback the director managed to hold on to that for 1.5 years uh the answer is no nobody that i uh, no one i know of has ever brought it to my attention that uh ron had that bullet in the chamber ready to fire at Steve Bannon for whatever fucking reason he decided to pull that shit. Uh, I mean, the biggest insider we would have to that community is Frederick Brennan and Frederick never said a word about this to me or anyone that I know of. So uh, waiting for the documentary, uh, cause again, that was probably Phil filmed. Has uh, Bannon ever been on the potentially Q radar? Uh, it, he's been in, he's been in the gist because of the fact that he was one of the guys that was like stoking Gamergate. He was the guy that was like, uh, using World of Warcraft, uh, angry whiny incels as a way to, uh, drive traffic to Breitbart and to do that kind of bullshit. So there was this, uh, belief that Bannon understood how to connect to people on the internet to galvanize and motivate them to uh, do dumb shit. And so 
they made a timeline on the show about how uh, Bannon left the Trump White House and then two months later, Q started posting. So that's kind of weird. And so they they mapped out the, that whole idea. And the director had said that Bannon was on his list of people that could possibly be Q because that uh, that idea that there is someone in Trump's inner circle who is actually Q and is just using Q exclusively to uh, further help Trump along, basically for his reelection campaign, as it were. That was something a lot of people talked about. And uh, Dan Scavino is the main guy that was like just absolutely a hardcore QAnon uh, agitator inside the Trump White House the whole time. I mean, he was posting QAnon memes. He was getting Trump to post QAnon memes and all that kind of shit. Uh, and Scavino, even now, uh, he posts dumb crap on social media and QAnon reacts to it like it's holy red. They're like, oh, what have the oracles told us today? We must decipher their hidden clues. I mean... They'll never admit it, but Dan Scavino is basically uh, their biggest hero at this point. Because, again, the rest of these people don't uh, – they don't nod and wink at them as aggressively as Scavino does. He's just posting all kinds of, like, really weird shit on the internet. And he just knows it freaks them out. Like, uh, he picked, he posted a thing of a piece of uh, – I guess a, gla- a globe of glass that had, like, frost filling up inside of it. And oh my God, QAnon went nuts trying to decode what it meant, and it was just like <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. You're in you, the, the when you guys are screaming about symbolism will be their downfall. You don't understand. You're the ones putting symbolism in the things you're watching and looking at. You're the ones doing this to yourselves. I didn't so know they you, lost. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to ask Mike. Uh, Mike, Mike, you're 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 a degenerate gambler. Uh, what are the Vegas odds on Bannon as Q? Uh, I'd say he's like probably around uh, eight to one odds. He's he's a pretty big long shot. I think. I mean, especially the way this documentary is le- is working, I feel like Ron Watkins is probably. You probably have to bet like uh, two to win one. Two hundred dollars will get you a hundred dollars back if you bet Ron at this point. Because I feel like that's where this is going to end up, and I feel like. When the final two episodes air next weekend, there's going to be a big sort of um, reaction from the Watkins camp where they're like, hey, guys, we're not cute. This is all bullshit. And it's going to be very interesting to see how QAnon reacts to that. There have been... uh, some this these last two episodes have had not a great reaction in the QAnon community. I've seen people <laughs> talking about how what? you know 4chan was like a shill country, so why should we have thought that 8chan was anything other than just a CIA front for us to be monitored and tracked? I mean, there are people on the on Telegram who are like kind of turning on the Watkinses after these last two episodes got aired. So I would I wonder how uh for how much further the pendulum can swing against them in the final two episodes. It'll be very interesting to see what public reaction is. Well thanks for the question. Yeah. So uh, up next is uh, one of our grand inquisitors, uh, Chairman Walkman asks uh, did you have childhood dream jobs? What were they? Uh, I mean, when I was six, I thought I wanted to be a paleontologist. And then in high school, I thought I wanted to own a comic book store or be a comic book artist. Neither one of those panned out. 
So all your dreams were crushed, Sarge. That's what you're trying to yeah, say. Yeah, real real life. life when did you? Uh, when did your dream change to becoming an army man? Um, uh, it was never a dream. It was more of a practical thing, and that they were going to pay for college. What about you, El? So, what was the dream? I, I don't know. Uh, uh, around the time I realized that college is very expensive. <laughs> Uh, you're up next, Mike Rains, because I'm dealing with some hiccups. Okay, okay. Uh, I the childhood dream I really can't remember that well. The adolescent dream was uh, history teacher. That was my big thing. I really loved. Uh, I love history. I still love history. I could talk your ear off about American history, pretty much uh, all that kind of stuff was just so interesting to me. And also I hate our history books. Like the way we teach, the way we teach world war one and world war two in history classes is so aggressively incorrect. And I, I can't even get into the civil war cause I'm in the North. So I have never actually been exposed to the aggressive propaganda of, uh, the lost cause and states rights that permeates. Yeah, to, to, to fucking Texas high schools probably still refer to it as the war of Northern aggression. Right, oh, exactly. I, I'm in Missouri. We get both sides. We are technically the South, but we're on the side of the North. It, it was very weird. But yeah, I mean, like, I remember uh, one time I uh, had a history quiz and uh, the question was just like, why did America enter World War One? And um, I answered the sinking of the Lusitania. And after I handed in the test, I was like, you do know that America didn't enter World War One over the Lusitania, right, to my history teacher? And he was like, just answer the question. <laughs> he was like, he's like, look, this is the reason we tell people it's not because of all the other reasons that happened. And the thing that's so crazy is that um, one of the actual far more – because the Lusitania got sunk like a year before we entered the war. Can you imagine ha- something happening last year and then you wake up today and be like, now's the day we go to war over this shit? I mean, it's just – it's so bizarre, but one of the things that was actually like very relevant at the time that got us into the war was the British leaked a uh, telegram that Germany sent to Mexico saying, hey, Mexico, if you guys declare war on America and tie them up a little bit after we finish off France and Britain and win this thing, we'll like help you reconquer the American South. We'll get you back Texas and California, the Reconquesta. And, uh, like, that was something that kind of pissed America off when that was revealed. And, I mean, Brit- Britain did play that as kind of like an ace in the hole. It was kind of like a move they waited for when they would get optimal uh, impact from the American public. But that was something that was far more relevant at the time. But, uh, I mean... Little, little I just, World War One history history corner here. In the, right, back, exactly. Back there oh, the I, oh. <laughs> uh, Mike, do you listen to Hardcore History? Uh, no, I haven't actually. I should probably should do so. Oh, he does like six hours on World War One. I. I oh, I love that shit. I, I, I would have to like listen to it at like like one point seven five speed or whatever in order to get through six hours. But I could totally do it. I um, mean, you, we all made it through four hours of Snyder Cut. I think you can make it through six hours of World War One stuff, especially if it's in your wheelhouse. 
Uh, the one, oh, one thing about Snyder Cut was when Cyborg ran in that touchdown, that's the montage they always do for quarterbacks. I just want to one time see a, a montage with the quarterback actually throwing a fucking pass. Yeah, I mean, oh, man, dude, dude. And even run, <laughs> even running it in, he was just like the champion god king of football. And like every heroic football scene is like that. It's like, it's like every stupid poker scene where like it's not anybody outplaying the other person. It's just always the world's craziest cooler. Like, right. so, like oh, you, you think you're fucking straight as hot shit? Well, I rivered a boat or whatever. And it's just like, right. well, Oh, such techful play! Totally rivering the nuts on this guy. What a what an what an accomplished poker player, James Bond. Take me now. Oh yeah, I, I love that. There's nothing I enjoy more than the fact that all fucking television poker is just cooler hands. It's just like, oh my god, that hand from Rounders. Like what? Nuts in the second nuts. Oh my god, how could anyone have foreseen that? It, it, yeah, he's paying me with my own money. Oh, oh, but yeah. So I mean, the fucking uh, you you have Cyborg, and it's just like Cyborg Stark quarterback he decides to keep it he stiff arms a guy he shoulder checks another guy now i think that player is dead oh my god jumps 12 feet over the final and ties for the touchdown he got there he is the world's greatest athlete right yeah it's it's so ridiculous i just I, i just once want the quarterback in the montage to just avoid a couple guys trying to sack him and then he sees a guy in the corner of the end zone and just drops a dime to him for the game winning score or, just or just, to... he just fucking does the Tom Brady he receives a snap he plants his feet in the pocket and he just fucking fires a quick rocket to score right. the touchdown it's just like <laughs> the world's most I mean it was Zack Snyder he's got a fucking slow-mo it anyway you can make anything look dramatic but just right. communicate to us that he was good at quarterbacking because he just had a quick release that, that right. football yeah. just spiraling perfectly through the air just hitting raindrops one by one just ding ding ding. yeah oh any of that any of that and the the, the receiver full extension ball place where only he can catch it just bam all of that just do that i don't need to see the 100th quarterback running into the end zone breaking six tackles it's like we have running backs for that there's there's another position in the sport that plays that so l you wanted to be a movie critic when you grew up is that oh right i forgot about this question uh I don't actually remember what I wanted to do when I was a little kid, but once I once I got into high school, I had high-minded ideas about either doing theater or writing for a living, and my dreams of both of those things were dashed when I had to just enter the workforce at 18, um so I didn't get a, a higher education. Uh and then like as a like younger adult, I also fell in love with the idea of like owning uh, like uh, a comic book store, more accurately in my case, a hobby shop. Like I, I always sort of wanted mm-hmm. to be the dude behind, like behind the counter in my own store, like you know, helping people play Magic and D and D and all the shit that I love. Um, and honestly, I still like that is like if I had to pick one like realistic dream, like that would still be it. I mean, now as a, a more jaded adult, my dream is to win a lottery that I don't play and just accumulate a vast sum of money uh, doing nothing, and then just sort of like retire at age thirty-seven like and buy a sensible house someplace and just never have to work again. So that way I can do all the writing and acting I want to, but I don't have to worry about it paying bills. Uh, uh, on an and, electric car. And I guess failing that, uh, there's always the, uh, the backup answer of the uh, podcast lottery where I produce a podcast that I hope gets popular enough uh, that I never have to work real jobs again. Wouldn't that be something? Especially now that the Rona is almost done and uh, touring is a thing again. It's like, yeah, let, 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 let's build a base and take the show on the road. Talk to us, Joe Rogan. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Reach out, Joe Rogan. I uh, I apologize for all the th- negative things I've said about you in print and recordings. Oh, if I if I if I ever like talk to Joe Rogan, like the entire conversation would just be about how he's totally wrong about Alex Jones and how Alex Jones is a colossal piece of shit. And I because Joe in all of his interviews is so incredibly spineless, he would just basically let me shit talk Alex for like three hours, and then the next episode would be Alex Jones telling him what a piece of shit I am, and Joe would just agree with Alex also. See, I, I just- hope that Joe Rogan never reaches out because he heard this podcast and wants to talk to us because if I genuinely if i ever had a chance to sit down and talk to joe rogan i totally would but i don't think i would ever bring up q i want to talk to that dude about taking hallucinogens and going into a sensory deprivation chamber because that sounds awesome (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that would be just great just like all three of us do solo shots on joe rogan yeah just like we're we're happy to come on but can we talk about our own thing because it's just like i'd much rather talk to you about getting high in a sensory deprivation chamber than any of this q and up bullshit I just oh, want to talk oh. to him about Newsweek and like, or no, not Newsweek. God, yeah, News Radio. News, news Radio, Radio, thank you. Right. Newsweek yeah. is much worse. It's like, hey, was Phil Hartman cool before uh, before Andy Dick killed him? <laughs> <laughs> was Andy Dick cool? Was Andy Dick I... kill, cool before he supplied the cocaine that made Phil Hartman's wife kill him? <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, but I... before we get on this News Radio tangent, uh, if we have other questions, we should just move on. If we don't have any other questions, then by all means, let's talk about news radio for a while. No, we we, uh, we do have a few more questions. Podcast on the mention- podcast, news radio, radio, boom. <laughs> I will reveal that I missed my softball transition earlier because I was looking up for a podcast in a podcast joke because I couldn't remember John Leguizamo's name. Uh, you know, you know what the much like uh, much like Bruce Banner and the Hulk. Do you know what my secret is? I never look shit up. Punches. No, <laughs> I know you don't. It infuriates me. Uh, hey so, man, we all have our talents. Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for the question, Grand Inquisitor, or whichever one. Chairman that was. Walkman. Chairman, Chairman Walkman. Walkman. There we go. You get that actual shout out. Yes. So uh, Narc asks. Uh, so what is Mike the Pillow Guy's legal theory behind the U.S. Constitution that Trump will retake office in August? Is there some kind of sob sit background to that, or he, is he just uh, back on the drugs that he enjoyed so much before he got clean? Um. The answer to this is it's just total insanity. He has no actual uh, legal basis for this. Uh, He and the Overstock guy are kind of working this one-two punch of madness where they both claim that at some ill-defined point in the very near future, they are going to release blockbuster documentaries exposing all the corruption that uh, kept, that got Biden into office and took Trump out of office. And, um, Mike Lindell, the MyPillow guy, has said that basically they're going to give the Supreme Court uh, smoking gun evidence of election fraud. The Supreme Court will rule 9-0 in their favor that the election was fraudulent. And it's at that moment that he does the whole South Park underpants gnomes thing where Supreme Court rules 9-0 in our favor. Question marks? Trump is president. So exactly how what the legal mechanism is for election fraud revealed now trump is the winner because reasons um he has not explained that but he is very confident that trump will be the president in august because that's a like five month deadline so he can just gin people up with bullshit how confident is he do you suppose 
Uh, Very. <laughs> yeah, his, his public persona is that of endless confidence. 100% assured victory. Do Trump- you think that as uh, as a group, so like at, like ed- officially, the Adventures in Hell World, do you think that he's so confident that we could challenge him to a bet and just be like, if you believe it so goddamn much, put your fucking my pillow company on the line. We'll make your goddamn pillows from here on out. It'll be our pillow. <laughs> I would love to. I would. I would love to do anything like that. I would love to bet. You, that you've guy. got the Twitter. You've got the Twitter juice. Go ahead and make it happen. Call him out. Do we, be like, hey, do man, we name it to your pillow. Oh, no, we, we, uh, we nickname it to our pillow. Our pillow. <laughs> Oh, we, we, we rename it Q-Pillow and just make even more money off those people. Uh, we just go whole hog on it. Same, same uh, thing as the Adventures in Hell World gimmick. We just uh, keep it my pillow, but change the O for a Q. Yes, exactly. <laughs> perfect. It's absolutely what we're doing. With our new uh, suck it line. Right. S- suck it. I I just, I, I, I want to I want to bet that guy a hundred bucks, anything. I want any QAnon promoter who was willing to wager money against me that Trump will be president by the end of the year. I will give you whatever odds you want. 10 to 1, 20 to 1, I don't care. Make a bet with me, you fucking cowards, because none of you will, because none of you will be willing to lose even $5 to me. And if anyone ever wanted to say, oh, it's uncouth to make a bet, it's not moral, then you pick the dumb charity you want. I'll pick love146.org, and the winner gives the money to the charity. So whatever. But, I mean, it's just... Put your, Book money your charity. Your I want a pillow company. <laughs> uh, I want a pillow company too, but uh, again, I want I a company know. that will donate a lot to charity. Please get us a pillow company. Yeah, we'll, we'll sell it to somebody else eventually uh, so that they can, like, we can make a little money on the side and donate some money to charity. But mostly, we'll I just Hogg. want. We'll, stay, we'll sell it to David Hogg. I, I want to own a pillow company for a day so I can fucking prance about it like Willy Wonka style and just, like, you know, just tell the floor people and just be like, you, assemble 300 pillows in a pile here so that I may jump upon them. <laughs> and uh, finally, uh, Trap Lord Flecko asks uh, two questions. One is, did you see Ron shopping for his dumb hat on the HBO thing? Yes, that was incredible. Oh, my God, they have footage of him shopping for the Wagyu hat? Yes, he the, the, he shops for the wagon. What a way to fucking bury the lead, friend! Oh my god, uh, I've, ne- I've never been more interested in this Q doc. <laughs> I I was I, I I since I saw this question, I wanted to wait to answer this question here in this spot. So. Oh, this is this will be a good time for my new proposal. If Ron Watkins wants to keep uh, dressing up like a stupid cowboy, I suggest that we nickname him uh, Lil Nas Q. <laughs> Oh my God! We didn't even cover Keanu freaking out cowboy. over his his stupid Satan uh, music video in Satan shoes. Oh yeah, we know we never talked about the blatant Illuminati messaging and Lil Nas X uh, fucking and then murdering Satan or whatever. I still haven't <laughs> seen the video, but uh, I, I mean, I don't care if he if he wants to receive Satan's red rod. That's on him. That's between uh, him, Satan, and God, I guess. <laughs> yes. And uh, finally, uh, Trap Lord, the second question is, uh, do you do you think that Ron acts like an anime villain on purpose or is that just how he is? Um, I think once Ron figured out he was going to be one of the main characters of this documentary and he was just constantly getting interviewed by this guy, once he figured out he was getting some runtime, he decided to just lean into it way too hard. So I think... I mean, I, I feel like the uh, personally, I think the answer is both, right? I mean, I've been to enough magic tournaments at enough different card stores to know that there is 
one of these guys. Uh, and notice how I didn't I didn't bother to be like woke and and uh, like you know say say people instead of guys because they are almost always in fact in my opinion or in my experience always dudes. Uh, always. There's one of these guys at every one of these shops. That these people that like their persona is like that of like the cool that like probably directly taken from their favorite anime or comic book like cool sort of like you know hard ass like villainous like you know they just they sort of think they're hot shit and they've got that like faux veneer of confidence but just because they know that that's sort of like a thing that they're doing doesn't make that any less them inside they think that they're that and then outside they try to present that but all the stuff in the middle is usually just like an insecure weenus and the problem is is that most people get through the outer layer see the inner layer and then never dig deep into the secret villain within most people at your local card store do not start an an internet cult I, I I feel like Ron stumbled into that. I mean, the sh- the, uh, the the early episodes they 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 did a lot of rehashing in the third episode. They went back over the whole thing where Q uh, left the board that Paul Ferber was on and got to the new board and all that kind of stuff. And Paul Ferber's like, "The new Q is bullshit. We all know it." Bar bar bar. And so that was whatever. Uh, but I mean, I feel like Ron just kind of saw this gold mine of this Q thing and he thought, well, this will be easy. And then, I mean, it's so they, they do bring up that like the later Q writes much differently than early Q and that probably it's two different writers. And just, just the fact that you had uh, early, uh, like, I mean, we know we talked about Joker Q and Riddler, I mean, Penguin Q and Riddler Q a lot, but, Late early Q is powerful Q. He's like a titan of the world. He's collapsing North Korean nuclear test sites. He's watching Barack Obama on spy uh, satellites and mocking him as he runs around looking for someone to protect him from uh, the patriots coming to arrest him. He's telling Hillary to pound sand when she begs him for a plea deal. And then... Q in like 2019 and 2020 is like, hey guys, check out Handy tomorrow night. Trump's going to do an interview. And it's just, you go from uh, powerful striding the halls of Congress and the inner circle of Donald Trump Q to Q that watches Fox News and thinks Tucker's pretty cool. And it's just that massive shift in the nature of the character is like so obvious. And it just shows that like, at some point, the guy writing Q got incredibly lazy and just didn't want a world to build or actually put in any effort in the character. Guy or guys writing for the original yeah. Q. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Again, I, I sort of have it, have it pegged as multiple writers from like pretty much the jump. Yeah. But that's just oh, yeah. one man's theory, and that man is yes. me. And my theory is totally right because I'm an expert. <laughs> oh, there, there was some guy at my work who uh, had a shirt that said "Rule Number One, I'm Right," and the back of his shirt said "See Rule Two, See Rule One." So I mean, hey, wow, so uh, clever! Oh yeah. God, the, the cleverest! Awesome. Yeah, oh man, I, I I dream of living in a world where I have the uh, like confidence in, in a post-corona world, of course, where I have a confidence to like see that guy from the back and then just like take off running. And just like very obviously, like get in front of him and like block him so that I can read his shirt, and just be like, "Oh, <laughs> just following the instructions on the back of your shirt." Oh. 
Yeah. See, like everybody, uh, everybody dunks on flash mobs because they were popular for a little while uh, with white people and uh, they were kind of dumb uh, and whatever. But you could use a flash mob in this instance to do good work if you just like got a bunch of a bunch of people to do that. Like this guy cannot walk down the street without somebody charging up from behind him to like look <laughs> at the front of his shirt and then just be like, oh, thank God. Oh, I really needed that. That was bothering me. And then like, I just want that as this guy walks down like three city blocks. It's just like constantly being harassed by people on the street. But, you know, not touched physically or anything. Just stopped briefly while people read his shirt because he's inviting it. Yes. Teach him a he's, lesson. He's earned, he's earned every crumb of L's ridicule and scorn and flash mobbery. I mean, who the fuck wears a shirt like that? Like, well, like if it's a joke, it's not funny. And if it's your honest opinion, like you're clearly an asshole. And uh, maybe one of those guys at a magic card shop that I was talking about earlier. Um, oh yeah, card shops. <laughs> yes, places, places that we lo- places that we love going and that I would honestly like to own. But at the same time, like I'm not stupid or blind. I understand that there are problems in those communities. <laughs> Oh man, I I, uh, I mentioned this like uh, a few days ago. Uh, someone, uh, someone like they 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 spotted me. They called me out uh, for going to magic uh, tournaments uh, like twenty years ago in the Boston area, and I was just like, "Yep, that's me. You 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 have pegged me, and now I'm uh, dealing poker to you." They're like, "Hey, didn't you didn't you fail to re- recur that Weaver that one time?" And you're just like, "No, that's, oh, a, that's, that's, that's only that's a way different never- person." I'm not, friend, I'm not calling uh, out no uh, names. Thank, thank God that wasn't me. <laughs> if, if, I, if I was the one who didn't recur the Weaver, I would never live it down. And I made sure that man never lives it down every day. I didn't you him. lose your own blood moon? <laughs> that would be incredible. Me? No. A different person. The, no this covers. Oh, okay. Now, now I remember that anecdote. Okay. Th- this conversation is getting way too inside baseball and niche for even our <laughs> audience. So I'm going to, I'm going to call it here before, before it becomes an unsuccessful episode of the adventures in hell world. I'm going to call it another successful episode of the adventures in hell world. Uh, thank you everybody Thanks for up. listening. Uh, we appreciate your support. If you'd like to continue to support us, the easiest, cheapest, freest way to do that. Is it just tell a friend, like the podcast, give us a rating if you want. Just go ahead and jam that five star or, you know, rate it appropriately for your actual taste. But if you're just totally, you know, apathetic towards what actual rating you give us, why not make it five (laughs) stars? Um, If you want to support us in a little more tangible uh, manner, if you'd like to tip your dealer, so to speak, you can do so by visiting Patreon at Poker and Politics. And go ahead and uh, donating to the cause to help us upgrade our equipment and all that happy horse shit. Uh, if you have access to money that is disposable, but you don't want to give it to us for whatever reason, maybe because we talked too much about the Smurfs, uh, you can go ahead and donate it to love146.org. Uh, they are helping to uh, you know, do the good anti-child trafficking work that Q claims that they're into, but you know, don't really do very much about. Uh, and in Matt Gates's case, does the actual opposite. I mean, it doesn't get <laughs> exactly. it, like may, may, maybe she's not in a shipping container, but taking a seventeen-year-old girl across state lines and paying for a bill to have sex with her. I mean, it sounds like trafficking to me. Uh, if I did that with some weed, I would get arrested. So uh, let's just say that that's bad. Also, if you uh, if you happen to like hearing the dulcet tones of the people currently coming through your speakers, uh, it turns out that Sarge and I. Uh, now do a weekly pop culture podcast called Binge Wordy. B-I-N-G-E-W-O-R-D-Y, Binge Wordy. Uh, So you can go ahead and check that out if you'd like to. Uh, Speaking of checking stuff out online, you can find us all on social media. Mike Rains at Poker and Politics. 
uh, Sarge at Hellworld, Sarge world spelled with a Q instead of an O, and likewise myself at Hellworld L. Uh, We want to give a special shout out to DJ Minimal Effort for providing our intro song and to VO Frosty, who you can find at Twitter at VO Frosty, uh, for our bumps and our content warning. Uh, So once again, signing off uh, after another successful episode for Mike Rains and Sarge. I am Hellworld L. Good speed, patriots. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.